0: is going on everybody welcome to episode two of film review weekly i'm very very excited to get into the main film we're going to be talking about this week but before we jump into that i would first like to say as we're recording this good evening to jacob how are you
1: i'm good this is uh i'm very excited to be talking about uh all of the movies we're going to be talking about today
0: yeah, we we have a couple that we're, that we're going to be putting the spotlight on, which I have very interesting opinions about all of them. So I'm very excited to get into that. JT, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. Yeah, this was kind of an interesting week. I feel like I saw several movies and they're all very different and they hit very different things that I like. So I feel like I got a really good sample size of cinema this week and I'm looking forward to talking about some of it.
0: Well, with that, let's let's jump into what have we been watching this week. JT, do you want to start?
2: Sure. Let's start with The Greatest Fight in Cinematic History, a uh, movie that a lot of people were talking about on Twitter. I'm actually kind of happy how much press this movie has gotten because I thought it was kind of a little niche thing that some people were going to see. But they did a full media blitz. I went and saw Rocky vs. Drago, Stallone's director's cut of Rocky IV, which I got to say is not... It's a little misleading. So in the trailers, they say 40 minutes of new footage. This wasn't so much... The the runtime is almost exactly the same as the original cut. He just used different takes for a lot of the movie. He re-edits some of the fight. He re-edits some of the montages. Uh, The big music video scene, No Easy Way Out. He went to black and white for all the old footage. So he really kind of did this weird edit. And he added new footage, some new scenes... I knew going in, there was no way I was going to like this more than original Rocky 4 cut because it is exactly what it should be. One of the greatest 80s extravaganzas in cinema history. It is exactly what it is. So I knew going in, he was trying to make something that felt a little bit closer to Creed 2. Something that would be almost be like a companion piece for that film. So when I went to that theater, I said, I'm going to go into the open mind. And I'll say this. It is definitely a more somber film. It's a little bit more thoughtful. It's a little, it's a lot less 80s. He, he really brings back the 80s. He, t- he takes away the 80s-ness of it in a lot of ways. And not all good ways, in my opinion. Yes, the robot is gone. The robot, to me, I didn't really care that much about. I think it's funny. I think people online made a big deal about it. I was okay with him losing the robot. But he actually takes away some things I really liked from the original. Like, the kid... Watching the match back home on Christmas Eve, and like he would cut back and forth between the kids watching the match, and then like people yelling and chanting for Rocky. The Russians go pro-Rocky in this movie. That is all scaled back in this director's cut. I feel like he was really trying to make it more realistic and put a little bit more thought into the actual process of fighting Drago. I think the funeral scene is actually much better because Rocky actually gets to express some feelings so to me this was an interesting experiment it feels more than anything like an interesting experiment it's not something that's going to replace rocky 4 rocky 4 to me is perfect as it is but this is a nice cool companion piece that i i think you should watch more as a curiosity than oh my god i'm going to get a brand new rocky 4 that's going to be way better don't go in with that mindset go in with something different It's a director kind of having this weird opportunity to go back and use old takes, different takes. It's hard to explain without actually seeing the movie, but all I can say is the original still, for me, is number one. But this is an interesting take. It's more of an experiment than anything, in my opinion. It's a weird film experiment.
1: I find it fascinating that this year has been very much a year of big-budget experiments with filmmaking and basically showing audiences behind the scenes of no this is this is how much a film can change just simply by editing so we obviously got the Zack Snyder four-hour assembly cut like audiences finally saw a completed visual effects heavy assembly cut which never happens but and now we're getting a version of a movie that is 30 years old and a director has gone in and completely recut it with essentially the same footage, but told slightly different. And it changes, and from what you're saying, it completely changes the tone, it changes the feeling of a movie. And it's just something fascinating where it's essentially the same movie, but audi- uh, audiences and everyone starting to get a peek behind the curtain of this is how much a movie can change just simply by changing a few shots.
0: It's interesting that you bring that up because. We saw a movie this week that completely changed for me in the setting. We watched it in. We finally got to see Dune on the big screen instead of on HBO Max. We finally got our actual Dune screening in a big theater (laughs) with big sound. And and, Kyle McLaughlin. And Kyle McLaughlin was there watching (laughs) it with us. So Dune legend Kyle McLaughlin was in the audience, which was really strange. Just because it's like a little bit. We're not in Sydney. We're not in Melbourne. We're in this random cinema in Brisbane that he's just there because he's filming something at the moment. So that was pretty, it had nothing to do with my viewing experience, but it was awesome. Yeah. 1000% awesome. But the sound design and the score of Dune in an actual theater compared to what we got in our home system was just to die for. Mm-hmm. Just incredible stuff. But uh, did did anything change for you watching Dune on the big screen? Uh, other I, than
1: I, I just completely reminded of how much I love that movie, like of of just how great that movie is. How quickly it flies! I, I can't believe just how quick Dune flies by. It's not. It, it's it is a slower movie, and it is one that. But at the same time, when I say like it's deliberately paced and a deliberately to paced film doesn't feel slow for me like it feel it doesn't feel like it's a two and a half hour movie I, it fl- I could watch another three hours of that movie it's, especially in that last hour where you know it's ending I'm like oh man can, can we just keep going I, I just want the next three hour film so badly
0: I will say that happened to me all three times I've seen the movie now where I'm like man can we just have another couple hours of this I, I never got Personally, I yeah. never got tired of it, and always just wanted to keep the, going.
1: The, the second time we watched it at home, I was a little. I, I wasn't more. I wasn't bored or any. Like it's still a f- amazing and phenomenal film. And I. I it, but it was that, that that time. I definitely was like, okay, we can go do something else. In the theater, I was like, nah, give me the next one right now. This this to me is the closest I have had to Lord of the Rings since Lord of the Rings of. Give me the next one this very second and I can just roll straight into it. It's the closest I've ever had to that feeling of at the end of Fellowship, yep, all right, let's start Two Towers like right now. And I think Warner Brothers made a massive mistake by not having part two ready to go October 2022.
0: I will agree with you on that point. I think this is one they needed to have part two ready to to roll out, uh, especially with how critically uh, and financially successful it has actually been considering all of the circumstances surrounding it. Before we move on, are there any other films this week that either of you have seen that you want to talk about?
2: Um, I'll go and say I also saw Belfast, a film that I think is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, great director, has made some really good films. He's actually a pretty good actor. I like whenever he pops up as an, an actor in some movies. He was probably the best thing in that new Jack Ryan movie with Chris Pine. I liked Belfast. I think if you see the trailer, it is exactly what the trailer shows you. It is a slice-of-life movie, black and white. Uh, the guy from Fifty Shades, is it James Dorian? What's his name? Da-
1: Jamie Dornan.
2: Jamie Dornan. This is the best thing I've seen him in so far. I haven't seen Fifty Shades of Grey, so I can't tell you if he's good in that movie. Uh, but I have seen the show called The Fall mm. with Gillian Anderson, which he was really good in. But he, this is a different side of him. It's you know he's playing the father, this young kid. It has a good cast. I think, you know, of course, <laughs> Judy Dench is fantastic in it. I could actually see her maybe getting a best supporting actress nomination. It's hard to say, it's so early in the Oscar race. This might be forgotten by the time Oscar, you know, nominees come out. But I think it's a solid movie. It's entertaining. It's got a lot of heart to it. So, it's, it didn't blow my socks off. I didn't leave the theater like cinema Oscar. Like I did not feel that way in the theater, but I had a good time. It's very sweet little movie, so I recommend checking it out. But again, watch the trailer. If you see the trailer and that looks like something you would enjoy, that's exactly what you're going to get when you go see the movie.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's really the only other thing that outside of the ones that we're going to talk about that uh, we saw this week.
0: Yes, so now, now, that, now that we've kind of had a fun little discussion catching up on what we've, what we've had going on this week, I know there are a couple of films we wanted to touch on actually before we get to our main event uh that we wanted to take a little bit more time to talk about so jacob i'm going to hand it over to you
1: so uh last week i mentioned a netflix movie that has now actually come out onto netflix uh that i called one of the worst movies i've seen in 2021 uh and that is red notice jte you finally saw it
2: what did you think Whew. Um, okay. It's not, I mean, listen. Let's not beat around the bush. It's not a good movie. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I will say this: it didn't bash me over the head like Jungle Cruise. I think Jungle Cruise is probably still the worst movie I saw this year. Wow. Now, J- Jungle Cruise, I, I give, I give you this. It has Emily Blunt. She's fun. The Rock is having some fun in that movie. So, but that movie, I left with a headache. I felt like I was being hit in the head with like somebody like came up with a trumpet to my face. It was just <laughs> blowing into my face until I had a headache. It, it was aggressive. It was too much. It gave me a headache. Red notice. At least I could say it didn't give me a headache. It was just so bland. So by the numbers, it's one of those movies where the actors keep saying the full name of the other characters because that's all they have to go on, <laughs> as far as their characters. There's a point where The Rock goes, I got you now. And he says whatever Ryan Reynolds' full name is. Nolan I'm like, Booth. Nobody, Nolan Booth. It, nobody... Says that in real life. No one, I don't. If I ever caught you, Jacob, I want to be like, I got you now, Jacob Blunden. I, I mean, it, it was just like <laughs> so stupid. I'm watching it, I'm like, this is so dumb. The Rock has no charisma in this movie. Gal Gadot has not been good in anything outside of Wonder Woman. I, I hate to say it, I'm really starting to doubt the fact whether or not she could act in a movie that's not Wonder Woman. I do think she's good in the First Wonder Woman, even though I hated Wonder Woman 1984. I didn't blame her, I thought she did a decent job scenes where she actually has some emotion, she does a pretty good job but everything outside of Wonder Woman I've just thought she's been really bad in she's not good in this Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds he's just Ryan Reynolds the rock is just the rock there's no character development for any of the people in this movie it's it feels like a product and I said this about Jungle Cruise it felt like a product that was made not from a good story not from wanting to tell some sort of Grand Adventure, it was like, we need a product to put out there. Disney was like, we have this ride. It's a built-in product. Let's make a movie called Jungle Cruise. Red Notice was literally, we got these stars. Let's put a bunch... $200 million. This movie costs $200 million. What the F? You could have made 30 Belfast movies (laughs) for the price this movie costs. So, I sat there and the the only reason why I'll say it's not as bad as Jungle Cruise for me is because Maybe because I was in a theater. Maybe you were, unfortunately, strapped into a seat in a theater and had to sit there and watch this. I was on my couch. I was able to maybe tune out some of the movie and just kind of look at my phone a little bit. I was on my phone for some of the movie. It doesn't deserve to have my full attention. So I don't feel bad saying that. So for me, yeah, there's some set pieces, but even the action feels uninspired. It feels like you're trying to make an Uncharted movie with three people. It's not good, Jacob.
1: Okay, I... (laughs) I've seen a lot of people talk about this online, and I, I and I will admit, my anger and hatred of this movie definitely is pro is comes from a place of this was the one that it finally broke me. As in, I have seen this movie already this year. Ryan Reynolds has been in this movie already this year, and it's called Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard.
2: Yeah, skip that one.
1: Like it's and. The Rock has done this movie five times at minimum. It fust the, the, this movie frustrates me because I know how much better Ryan Reynolds is. I know how much better The Rock is. I know that Gal Gadot may- is is better than this movie. I know that the screenwriter is better than this movie. I know that the act the director is better than this movie, and it f- infuriates me of just how much this movie just felt like. This is the algorithm. This is what we have to do to make the algorithm. This is what we have to do to to please everyone, and this this will get us the biggest opening weekend in Netflix history. And they're already touting that, and I, no one believes it. Not a single person believes it. If you would put this movie in a theater, it makes five million dollars opening week- weekend, if that. I, honestly, like I, I, I this movie doesn't make money at all because right now. The algorithm says this should make money, and it won't. And that's what infuriates me about this movie.
2: I'll disagree with you, because I feel like if this came to theaters, just the heat-off Free Guy might have given it a little bigger of an opening week. I'm just talking opening weekend. Yeah. I think The Rock the Rock, and Ryan Reynolds will still get butts in seats after that opening weekend. I don't think it would have made a lot of money. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to make Marvel $70 million kind of money, but I think... The first weekend would have done okay, and then it would just dropped off because reviews and word of mouth would have gone out there. I don't know anybody that's seen this movie and liked it. I, I haven't heard. I've anything seen a I'm, few people.
1: I've seen really? a few people who, who, if not like, at least say eh, it's fine. Like it's it, it yeah, okay. it's not as bad as some people have said. Like. And that's fine. Like I can understand if someone watches this movie and go, "It's fine. It's not my worst movie of year." I get it. I can totally understand that this movie isn't one. There's nothing in this movie that is completely and utterly offensive that where you go, "I can't." This movie is offending me to my to to my core. It's offending me as a film lover who goes, "Ryan Reynolds is better than this. The Rock is better than this," and I am. Frustrated that these are the movies they're making, and, and that's I, I've definitely have let this is the movie that broke, this is the straw that broke my back, <laughs> and that's the problem, and that's why I hate this movie so much. If you had flipped this in Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard probably would have gotten the anger that this one got. <laughs> so wow. I, but yeah, I, I I am just frustrated with everything about this movie. I the ending drives me up the wall because it just doesn't end. Like it's just like, oh, by the way, see you in the sequel. <laughs> like I Yeah,
2: let's call it what terrible. it is. This was a paycheck movie. I oh, think God, Ryan yeah. Reynolds, Gal Gadot and the Rock were like, you guys want to make 10 million each and shoot a movie for like 2 months in all these weird locations? Yeah, sure, let's do it. It doesn't feel like anybody's really even having that good of a time. It feels like they're just going through the motions it doesn't feel like they're fully invested in the story they're telling. There's not really much of a story. Mm -hmm. And if all the action scenes feel very uninspired, it feels like it's something I've seen much better films. Yep. I agree. It's kind of algorithm. They just like, let's hit the checklist locations. Yeah. Let's go to three exact locations. What's the MacGuffin, some stupid golden egg. Like who gives a crap?
1: Yeah. Cleopatra's golden eggs that are a part of a legend in history, I guess. Like it's, hey, let's do Indiana Jones 40 years later and bad.
0: Well, (laughs) I must say, guys, these ringing endorsements are really making me want to go check this movie out as soon as possible. Instead, I'm going to talk about the movie I actually enjoyed seeing this week. It is another Netflix movie, but we got to see it again in a theater, which was very nice. It is the feature directorial debut from Lin-Manuel Miranda called Tick, Tick, Boom!, I was very excited about this movie once the trailer dropped. The trailer dropped and I was like, man, I know this movie's gonna destroy me and it's gonna be great and I'm just gonna be a mess. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, it's based on a semi-autobiographical musical of the same name um, by Jonathan Larson about Jonathan Larson, uh, who everyone would probably know best from Rent. um, And it... It's, it's, a, it's a good one, guys. Jacob's already mad at the Academy because they're not going to give Andrew Garfield an Oscar for this movie, which I'm he...
1: mad they're not even going to nominate him.
0: Well, you know, weird, weird things have happened. But it's a very emotional film. Uh, I think it's very well directed for a directorial debut, especially, I think, in the hands of someone who clearly knows musicals uh, and how to make them work. Andrew Garfield, as I just said, was phenomenal. For, first of all, because he's musically gifted, clearly like he was brilliant in that aspect of it. But he's also just a wonderful actor that I feel like people don't talk about enough uh, a lot of the time. The rest of the cast was good as well. I, Alexandra Ship, um, especially, was very very good. And um, and I just think I think it's one of those pulls on your heartstrings kind of movies where the music is also really good and. After we watched it, I was a I was a mess. There was a waterfall <laughs> down my face and I was like, I want to watch this again, but I also don't want to watch this again because I need some emotional time to recover from what I just saw.
1: Uh, this is one of the best movies of the year. Uh, I'll be... Gen- if it's not in my top 10 this year, the next month and a half is probably one of the best month and a half we're ever going to get in film history. So... <laughs> uh, uh, that being said, 2019, I said the same thing about, I think, Ad, I think I said Ad Astra or so, there was some movie that I was like, this movie is going to be in my top in, in my top 10 of the year. And it wasn't because, yeah. holy damn, the end of 2019 was freaking impressive. Um, no, it also, Tick, Tick, Boom, look, uh, it follows the story of John, uh, Jonathan Larson, a Broadway composer, and Andrew Garfield just completely falls into that role. Oh yeah. He, he, the the entire time you never once think you're looking at it at a performance. And I, and I'm someone, I, I'm not someone who typically is one of those people who goes, Oh, I couldn't possibly see Andrew Garfield in that. Like I, I couldn't, I, I only saw Jonathan Larson. I, like I, I'm not someone I, I watching the movie, I go, that is Andrew Garfield. Like I'm not, I don't not see Andrew Garfield, but, he is so good in this role that he is cl- he is playing a character that he just completely falls into and completely envelops all of you. You are with his journey through the entire film. Um, it hit a little too close to home in some moments. Uh, it's a beautiful story of it, it's a beauty st- story of regret of. Uh, following your dreams of uh, coming of age. Uh, it, it's-
0: if you're someone who is nearing 30... 30- it hits very close to home for you <laughs> in a lot is, of aspects. Someone who is
1: nearing 30 and has given up on a lot of dreams. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit close to home. <laughs> so, yeah, th- th- it's a really, really great movie. Uh, there's a couple of great one-liners, a couple of great oh, moments. Oh, for sure. A couple of great moments. Uh, Bradley Whitford has two very important scenes where he is incredibly good Um
0: it, it has quite a, a lot of fun little moments if you're a Broadway fan. Mm-hmm. There are some cameos and some some cast moments where if you're a Broadway person, you're going to be really stoked about it, which is really cool. I figured Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, hey, let me just look in my phone book from yeah. Broadway and see who wants to come hang out for a scene, which was really cool. Um, but it was... I had high hopes for this film, but I just was not expecting it to actually deliver and be one of my favorite movies of the year. Like, I, it just completely shocked me how much I ended up really connecting with it and really enjoying it. And then, you know, simultaneously being like, Welp, Andrew Garfield is not going to get the recognition he deserves for this role, but it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, so. let
2: me ask you guys something, because I'll be honest, I've always had trouble Connecting to musicals. It's just not my genre. I Laymez, I was not thrilled with. I was one of the few people I had trouble getting through in the heights. Oh, I just okay. Yeah. I, it's not because it are bad movies. Like I'm not trying to come out here and be like, oh, In the Heights was bad. No, obviously, if you like musicals, that's a really well-done musical. It was beautifully shot, really good acting. I just have trouble connecting to the characters in musicals whenever they break into dance. And music, for some reason, just takes me out of the movies. And it's, it's a personal thing for me. It's, I know that 100%. Does this movie... Do you think I'll still enjoy it if I, I'm not a fan of musicals? Can I get past that and just enjoy the performances? Andrew Garfield's getting rave reviews.
1: Andrew Garfield... Okay, I, I think so, yes. And he, here is my one reason for why. It's, an, it's autobiographical. So it's... It, the way that the story is presented is kind of like it's the show so it's it's kind of like the the show is essentially a one-man show telling his life story as a one-man show but then it starts to cut into here is the visuals of him telling that and you do get musical numbers but i think that it does a really great job of showing that what we're that the one man show is the reality and that the the story we're seeing is the the, the real world the aspect of it the, the the musical side is the one man show but then the the visuals we're seeing are the real world if that makes sense. So
0: are you saying that you think the one man show part is how he sees it and then the actual visuals are what really happened? Yes. Or are you saying the other way around? No, I'm, I'm saying that, sorry. Because when he's sitting on stage performing his one man show, he's telling things the way he saw them happening and then we cut to two. them actually happening. Yeah. And it gives you a real world perspective. Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I also think. I mean, look, there are musical numbers. Like, it is a lot of it is set up like a musical. You do get some stage like moments where he's sitting at a piano, but then there are moments where people break out into song. Mm. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's overdone. Like, I I think it still feels very grounded, in a lot of ways. And I do think if you are someone who can appreciate it just based on good performances as well, like, I I think. Yeah, that I, that's I'm, a huge part of it.
1: I'm trying to think it, like there isn't a comparison because it's not it's not Les Mis, it's not In the Heights or Rocket Man. Most, sorry, Ro- Rocket Man. Of- t- okay, take Rocket Man as a where it does uses his songs as a musical fantasy to a degree. I would I I think Rocket Man.
0: It's probably the closest.
1: Uh, okay. This feels more like a musical biopic than it does a straight musical, if that makes sense. Where I, I they like use that. they use the music in a way of, hey, this was his song. These were his songs from a, we're telling a biopic about this musical legend rather than here is Les Mis, you know all the songs here we're gonna start, and characters are just gonna start randomly breaking out into music into songs like the the songs are kind of within real life if that makes sense. there's like two that aren't
0: yeah okay. it's it's definitely more grounded and yeah. like i said if if anything, I think people who maybe aren't super into musicals will at least appreciate what Andrew Garfield is doing because I really do think that it's kind of amazing. Um, I'm one of those people where I, you know, I obviously still knew that it was Andrew Garfield, but it really just, at times I felt like I was watching Jonathan Larson. Like it just felt like that for me, where you didn't feel like he was trying to play a part or, you know, it, it just, it just worked on every level. So everyone, please go check it out. If you haven't seen it yet, please go give it a chance. Uh, if it is playing in a theater near you, I would recommend it. I would greatly it, was, it. It was a great experience. I'm going to say, before I keep rambling on about how much I love this movie, we are going to move on to the movie we are actually speaking about this week. We are going to be talking about The Harder They Fall. What exactly did he do to you? Call it a... Professional robbery. I know who you are. That love the outlaw hunts down those who trespass against him. With no mercy. Where is he? Where is who? Your boss. My boss. Clearly, you don't know me. The Harder They Fall is a American revisionist, revisionist Western film. We're going to be talking about a Western this oh. week, guys. It was directed by James Samuel, who co-wrote the screenplay. It stars Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, and a whole bunch of other amazing stars. It is a packed cast. It is one of few Westerns whose principal cast members are all black. And although it's a fictional film, its characters are based on real cowboys, lawmen, and outlaws of the 19th century American West.
1: What did you think?
0: What did I think? Yes. I didn't really know what to expect going into the film, to be honest. Um, I had kind of seen a trailer because you showed showed it to me when you were excited about having found it. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But also the cast, I think, initially is what kind of caught my eye just because it is a packed cast of incredible, incredible actors and actresses. And I was very surprised. I walked out of the film really, really excited to, to talk about it because I think it, it did a lot of things very, very well. I think the music was great. Music is something that's really important to me in a film that really helps me connect with it. So I thought the way music was used was really, really cool. I thought the set design was fantastic throughout the entire film. It, it really... Felt like it gave the movie character and tone uh, in really important ways. The costume design was fantastic. I loved uh, the use of color in the film. And um, I just think it was a really compelling story just at the heart of it. I feel like you really got to know a lot of these characters. You really felt what their motivations were and, and how they all kind of ended up intertwining throughout this very, very epic to me that felt very epic to me kind of kind of story. Um, Westerns can be very hit or miss for me, but this one I ended up having a lot of fun with. I was really invested in what the characters were going through, and there were a couple of times when I was really on the edge of my seat, not quite knowing what was gonna happen and really feeling stressed out for some of these characters that I was really enjoying going on this ride with. But, um, but what did you think, Jacob?
1: Um, there was a lot that really worked uh i'm not gonna lie. the first half hour of this movie i was like oh this isn't working for me um but then once kind of the gang gets together it becomes a really great movie and i i really enjoyed it i I think this is this is one of the better movies of the year um jonathan majors is just proving more and more again that he is the next big star he is the next big thing and marvel got him for a deal like to get marvel got him for our uh, absolute deal because he th- th- he is going to be one of our next big major stars in hollywood because he is incredibly talented and i uh, i think uh, what what he does with nate love in this movie is incredible jt
2: yeah i'm a little mixed on the movie but overall positive that's where i'll start off with I, I kind of get what you're saying. The beginning, you weren't sure if you're exactly into it. I think for me, it really comes more down to personal taste. When I think of some of my favorite westerns, I think of uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. I think of Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. I always like the more realistic, grounded western. This is a very this is a movie that's a lot of people are comparing it to Django Unchained. It's got a lot of style, big presence, big characters. It uses contemporary music. To me, I think I always like my Westerns just a little bit more down and gritty, a little more real world. Unforgiven probably is my favorite. And that movie is all about taking away the glitz and the glamour of the old Westerns and bringing it into the real world. So once you start watching this movie, you kind of go, okay, the tone here is going for something a little different than what I usually like. But they do it really well. I do think they do it really well. I'll say this. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, I think the cast overall, every single character, er, an actor, f- fits the part perfectly. Standout for me is Lakeith Stanfield. This guy is a freaking star. He steals the movie for me. Idris Alba's great. I, I'm with you. Jonathan Major's fantastic. Lakeith Stanfield for me was just the MVP. He kind of reminded me of Ben Foster in 310 to Yuma, the James Mangold movie. Every time he was in a scene... I was drawn to him, and I, I was just like, I wanted him to be on the screen as much as possible. I did feel like some of the budget restraints of the film affected some of my enjoyment. I felt like some scenes went really long, almost felt like a play at times. And this one town where a lot of the action takes place... It feels like they had this set, and they are like, let's write a movie around this one little town that we have, which looks like it's freshly painted. It doesn't look like it belongs in the Old West. Everything looks like brand new. Uh, and again, I think it just goes with the style of the movie. But it really felt like I think the last hour of the movie kind of takes place for the most part in this one street of this town. So I felt like maybe there might have been some budget restrictions, and they just like, okay, this is what we have. I don't think the budget for this movie was like Red Notice, unfortunately. Red Notice got... two. I wish this movie had $200 million and not Red Notice. So, for me, a mixed bag, but overall positive. I think the only reason why why I didn't like it as much as some people I've seen on Twitter, some people are raving about this movie, is because, for me, it's personal taste. I think I just like my westerns a little bit more grounded, a little more in the real world, where this movie is a little bit bigger. All the characters are bigger. All their... The movie, just the the way the movie opens, it, it feels like they're going for that classic Sergio Leone style, but with a contemporary music and contemporary feel, cinematography. So, yeah, overall mixed, but overall positive.
0: Well, with that being said, I think that it is time, everyone, to give you your giant, giant spoiler warning as we are about to get into some major spoilers for this movie. Jacob, I would like to start with you. You said you were pretty positive overall, but a bit mixed.
1: Yeah. The begin. okay. The opening of, the opening 15 to 20 minutes really felt like, oh, cool. We're back in the nineties uh, and uh, people are, everyone's attempting to be Quentin Tarantino. Um, it, it felt like that. It felt really, I'm trying to be Quentin Tarantino and it didn't work for me. It, it just, it, the, I wasn't a big fan of the way that it was introducing the characters, the way it was, the, the, the style became a little bit too ham fisted. But once it gets to the scene, um, in, once it gets to what's Zazzy Beats's saloon, and they all kind of, they're all together in there and they're all starting to like, Get. Essentially, once they have all started to realize that Buck is free, Buck's a free man, and he's going to be in this town, and and we want we need to go kill him. Once that happens, the movie very much takes away the, the overstyle, and I think it very much becomes a rather straightforward revenge western. And that's when I really got on board with it. I, I, I really got on board with pretty much once we got to the to uh stagecoach mary's saloon and we really had here is the goal here is the guy we need to go get i really was on board and really enjoying it
0: no that's that's fair enough um i I don't know like i said i wasn't really sure what to expect going into this film i didn't really know much about it we we basically went to see it because you wanted to go see the movie and i was like sure we'll go see it and i think out of everyone it sounds like i love it the most which (laughs) seems to be a trend with me in my life i get taken to movies that everyone else wants to see and then when everyone else is like yeah it was fine i'm like what that was amazing um, and i really I really just enjoyed the cast so very much in this film. Um, Westerns are very hit or miss for me a lot of the time. It's not generally my go to genre. Um, and I'm not really sure why that is, but this one really just hit for me. um the like I said, the set design, where it sounds like maybe didn't work for j t the whole time, really worked for me. Um, I really liked it stylistically. I liked. The style choices, for example, when they went into the white town that was literally all white (laughs) in, like, everything that was in the town. uh, Just stuff like that just hits perfectly for me. I think it's so funny. And just, it it creates... I I really liked the way that humor was used in the film, both in the script and then also in just kind of set design ways like that just throughout the film. I think it set a great tone. Um, And I also think the emotional crux of the movie works very well uh it's something that uh i gotta say caught me a little off guard i was not expecting this movie to tie up the way that it tied up with uh the relationships that we get at the end of the film i thought it was very well executed um and i really thought it tied the story together really really well jt what were what were your thoughts on that
2: as far as the relationships in the movie yeah yeah I think that, again, the cast, I think, is fantastic across the board. I mean, when you got Delroy Lindo, who's like a supporting character, that guy could be leading this movie. 15 years ago, he could have been Idris Alba in my eyes, easily. I think the relationship, to me, because the movie is so stylized and clean, it feels like a very slick production. Again, personal taste, I like the more grounded, dirty, realistic kind of westerns. So because of that... It's hard for me to really get invested or feel like everyone's in danger. It's hard for me to really be worried about who's going to... I felt like anybody could have died this movie at any point, and it, I don't think I would have been hit really emotionally at all. It was more just for entertainment value. Regina King is a badass in this movie. Uh, the whole train scene with her and the scene where they break out Idris alba. I love just the violence and the coolness. But everything in this movie is very cool. Very hip, very cool throughout the movie and i feel like at times it felt like a little bit too much for me and it was just like kind of the same tone from beginning to end although the violence does fluctuate for me again i agree the characters remind me a little bit of tombstone and i love tombstone that's another movie that is very dark and gritty but it's very entertaining that whole movie i'm waiting for doc holiday and michael bean <laughs> to finally face off and when it happens it's glorious they introduced R.J. Siler earlier in the movie. He plays Jim Beckworth, and he is the guy. He, all he talks about is how fast he is with a gun. And he even talks about Lakeith Stanfield's character, who's Cherokee Bill. So they set up like this, oh, man, these guys are good to meet at some point. And that was, I think, out of all the relationships, the two things I was looking forward to the most. I just wanted to see these two characters finally face off and the way Lakeith Stanfield just shoots him early. And and the first time, he doesn't even want to fight him. He's like, yeah, not today. Uh, to me, that was the most interesting thing. Because these movies are such characters, th- to me, that stuff really worked. It wasn't so much the personal relationship. I get it. He wants revenge. But I always thought to myself, he didn't just kill these people to kill them. the The father, The father was in the same position. He said, hey, I messed up. You know, don't kill my wife. Don't kill my kid so the ending didn't really surprise me too much because like come on dude why do you think he killed your dad or why do you think he killed your mother obviously your dad did some bad shit back in the day (laughs) like this is is, they're not all good people in this movie so some of that relationship stuff didn't all work for me it made sense i think as far as the story but for me it was more the larger life characters like regina king lakey stanfield rj seiler idris alba they are almost like cartoon characters and because of that, I kind of entertained it as like an over the top kind of characters than real life kind of gunslingers.
0: Jacob, as our resident uh, predictor of movies, <laughs> how how I, did you how did you feel about the story and how it played out?
1: Um. Okay, I I, I want to ask you guys this: Do you think that the that Idris Elba was? as terrifying as a villain as the movie told you he was?
0: That's an interesting question. I think... I don't I don't necessarily know if I, I believe the movie was trying to tell you he was terrifying. I think the movie was trying to set up that he has a reputation, and then when you get introduced to him, the movie then gets to break that down for you. To me, they were like the movie was introducing a, a reputation he has that's not necessarily who he is, and then when you actually spend time with him, the movie gets to show you why that's not the case, and actually takes you on a character arc of him that I I wasn't expecting. So for me, it doesn't quite. That's not quite how I see it.
1: Okay, I I I hadn't thought of it that way because I to me. The movie set up that you know, and the opening scene set that up that this guy is the worst of the worst. He is one of the worst outlaws out there, and then everyone having this, you know, the 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 sheriff of this town working with someone who with a with a criminal, in Nate, because you know Nate has the Nat. line. Nat, sorry, not Nate. Uh, Nat has the line of you know I I'm, I'm worth ten thousand dollars like that, yeah. which is a cool line, but like. He, you know, so them working together and with the sole mission of we need, you know, I'll work with evil because there is a worse evil out there. And I just never felt it. Like, I, I just never felt that Idris Elba was this absolute terrifying villain. And going off your point, JTE, I don't think we ever got that scene outside of the opening one of him being truly malicious to someone else. I think that's what we needed. I think it it for, but going off your point, you're right. This is the movie is maybe the movie is not trying to have him be the evil villain.
0: Well, and that's just how I saw it. Like, I don't know how other people perceived it, but to me it was building up this reputation of this character and then getting to play with the deconstruction of that idea. And also I think it works because of the, you know, gang of people that he has built up around him That are willing to do those deeds for him Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily ever have to see him do anything he doesn't really have to get his hands dirty because he's kind of maybe at some point in his life he was that guy but now because he's top of the food chain he doesn't have to get his hands dirty necessarily maybe that's a way they were going with it but to me it was more he does those things when he has to Mm -hmm. like he is that person when he has to be and maybe he gained that reputation and then the movie gets we get to actually see you know maybe it's an unreliable narrator kind of thing at the beginning where it's like this is his reputation this is who people think he is but I completely understand if you see it as the movie not delivering on this malicious person that he's supposed to be I can completely understand that perspective.
2: Regina King was, like, to me, one of the most mm. cold-hearted, vicious <laughs> people in the movie. Oh, and it's yeah. Al- it's almost like, well, if she's second in command, Lakeith is, like, third. Like, he must be really bad because these people seem horrible. Uh, but I agree. You know, they. I, I guess when you're that level of bad, you know, you don't get your hands dirty unless you have to. And we see in the very opening he does get his hands dirty pr- in a pretty brutal way. Mm. Um, but, again, I think I was I think Jonathan Majors also did a very good job. I just found myself more interested in the team than I did the leads for yeah. a lot of this movie. Again, I am going to say it again. LaKeith Stanfield steals the movie for me. He was the MVP. That guy I whatever he does next, I'm there. I will buy a ticket opening day. I think he is a freaking superstar. I think John the Majors is great, too. Don't get me wrong. I just think for this movie, when I walked away, I walked away thinking about Lakeith Stanfield. just Alba's great, as always. Uh, The rest of the cast is fantastic. Like I said, Regina King is great. Uh, It was weird to see uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Because it took me a minute to be like, is that Damon Wayans Jr.? I'm pretty sure it is. And then I had to look up IMDb. I was like, that is Damon Wayans Jr. I was like, wow, okay. This is something a little different for him. Uh, Again, I go back to... I feel like a lot of the movie takes place in one location for an extended amount of time. I feel like we were on that train for like 15 minutes. Uh, I could have felt maybe it was that long. Maybe it just felt that way. But I felt like everything had to revolve. by the second half of the film. Everything revolved around that one street in that one town. Everything just kind of happens in that one area. And I wish the movie had a little bit more scope to it and had a little bit more places for them to go and do stuff. Like, when they're not in that town, they're in the woods talking about plans Then we're going back to the town. I just felt like, man, the budget restraints at times just felt like, man, I think they did a great job writing a movie with what they had to do. Like, I think they said, okay, we can only have so many sets, so many... We have this one town, let's write great characters, great dialogue, really stylize it up, but we only have so many places we could go. And I love the older westerns of Sergio Leone and from the, some of the 80s and 90s where you really get to feel like you're going on a trip. You're really seeing the West. And this one really felt contained in a lot of ways to me.
1: I thought there was a lot of really, like... I, I think this movie has a really lot of great scenes and moments that work really, really well. The bank heist is, I think, one of the most entertaining parts of the of the movie. I think it's hilarious. I think it's really well done. Um, it's thrilling and I, I think just a really, really great moment in the movie of the, this this bank heist of inside the white town that, I, I, that they're able to pull off really well. And I, I think that that's the film's biggest strength is at times there are these extended sequences that are really fun. And I and you have a lot of fun with, and because they're fun with these characters, and you can really like spend a lot of time with these characters, and get to and really just in. I don't. Know, I I think just enjoy a lot of the action set pieces, but I think as a whole, it's it's a fun movie. It, it, it's that like I, I'm. I'm more. It's a fun movie. I'm glad I saw it. I I, I really enjoyed it, but like. Yeah, it's a good, fun movie.
2: Did you guys feel the length at all? Because I think at two hours, about 15 minutes, maybe 2.13, I did feel like it went a little long. Like, I felt the length a little bit. Did, it, did you, either of you feel that, or did you feel like it flowed perfectly?
0: Um, I feel like it... There were moments when it was a bit... It slowed down a bit. Um, but I... Just because I enjoyed it so much, and it was kind of exactly on my wavelength, it didn't really feel... Like that in a negative way to me, but I'd be curious how you would felt, Jacob, because you're more in the middle about the film. Yeah, it, it.
1: I wouldn't. I couldn't have told you that this movie was two hours and twenty minutes. Let's let's say that. Like, I, I, I if you had told me it was two hours and twenty minutes like oh, okay, no, that that flies by. But it it definitely there are there's a middle bit that sags, but I I not not in a. If you had told me that this movie was two hours, I'd be like, "Yeah, the middle's a little low. Uh, uh, the the middle, it, uh, it's it, it, it's a little long. Like if, if you had said it's two hours, then I'd be like, okay, it's a little long, but it doesn't feel two and a half. If that makes sense, like it it it,
2: it finishes it, strong, which helps. I think yeah, the, like the I, last I think, half hour really strong.
1: Yeah, like I I think that." going oh it's a two and a half hour movie oh man that must be really long like it it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie it probably feels like a two hour movie in that like in a two hour movie there's times where you're like okay you're starting to feel your length like you start okay you're starting to let to to be a little long but i i yeah no I i never felt the the length so much but it the, the middle is really where the beginning I have issues and the middle, it starts to sag a little bit.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I can understand that. I think um, for the, for the most part, we've kind of touched on most of the things I wanted to say. We've shouted out Regina King for being a complete badass. because mm-hmm. She absolutely is. She is fantastic in this movie. Um, I thought Zazie Beats was great. I really liked seeing her in the film. To me, Danielle Deadweiler, I think is her name. Mm. She I loved her storyline. I love how we're supposed to be- believe that Jim Beckworth is really going to be the one that goes toe to toe with Cherokee Bill and then she just comes in and you know we we get it foreshadowed earlier in the film when she you know is telling him, you know, I'm I'm faster than I'm faster than you. You're you're messing around like what are you doing? And then we get to see that moment pay off. I thought her character was a lot of fun, especially with the bank heist scene yeah. as well. Like I I thought she was just so much fun to to spend time with. Among this boisterous cast of, you know, at some at sometimes cartoonish kind of characters, she she was really, really cool. Um, and she was a standout for me that I just kept thinking about after we had left the theater.
1: Yeah, no, she, I, I think she's one of the better. Like, that. this is her, oh, that's who she is movie. Whereas in Lake, Lake, Lakeith and a lot of the other actors have had that movie already, I think this will be hers. If you get, like, this is her, like, breakout role of, oh, okay, that's who the actress is, assuming people actually watch this movie, which I think a lot of people have been on, on Netflix. Like, it, it, it's been doing well so far from what I've heard. Yeah. I've been seeing on Twitter and stuff that people are watching it.
2: Well, I think the biggest strength of this film for me at the end of the day is this amazing cast. And I feel like when – sometimes you watch a movie like Red Notice And it feels like all your stars are on autopilot and probably could care less what they're saying or doing in the movie. I feel like every character and every actor in this movie is having a blast playing in a Western. I think everyone is just having a great time. And I think that comes through. I think you just you can just tell everyone is having such a great time making this Western. And it really seeps into the film. And when you're watching it, you, you feel that energy. Whereas Red Notice, you felt nothing. <laughs> it was a blank <laughs> yeah. stare. His like action sequences just felt dull. This movie does so much with so little. When compared to Red Notice, which had all the resources in the world, so for me again, I just think I could watch this cast in like a parking garage, and it would have been a good movie because they're all so damn good and committed, and. I- are just they're just so good i again i think the direction is also very good in this movie like i said for me it's just about personal taste of how i like my westerns that doesn't mean this director didn't do a great job with the tools that he was given i think he did a phenomenal job the only reason why i don't like this like some of these other movies is because i just prefer a different kind of tone and style with my westerns so for me i am able to disconnect myself say Personal taste. Nothing to do with the actual quality of the film. I think if you like Django Unchained, the if you like that kind of style of Western, you're gonna love this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is very much trying I'm not meaning this in the negative. Alright, don't take what I'm about to say as a negative on the movie. It's but it is very much trying to be a Quentin Tarantino movie. In in that it, but a different type of Quentin Tarantino movie. And I think that... One that doesn't use the N-word every 30 seconds, which is a very good thing. Um, And I think that it nails it for the most part. I think dialogue's very snappy, and I think the action is stylized and can be fun. I just think that there's... It takes a little bit to get into it. I'd, I'd be curious to see what I think of it watching it again, like, and whether or not the style would work, or or whether or not this is one that's like yeah no i just have issues with the first half hour of, of getting into this I, I think it i think it's over stylized and that being said i really loved the opening ti- the title the title sequence that they did i thought that was really cool
0: okay mister overstylized oh. over there you have no sense of style so i'm not surprised <laughs> it is perfectly styled everything it needs to be, be- beautiful aesthetically great set pieces great tone just 100 percent on my wavelength so I get why it's too much for you that makes a lot of sense to me uh, but I, I feel like we've pretty much talked about and hit on any, everything that we need to is there any any last thoughts that either of you would like to discuss about this movie
2: did, did this did the the set everything looks so new did that creep into any of your subconscious while you're watching the movie it looked like the town was just freshly painted. The day before they got to the town, like, did did that bother you at all? Because I feel like when I watch a Western, it's always dirty, grungy, it feels lived in. I felt like this felt very much like a movie set to me. And that kind of took me out of the film a little bit.
1: I can, I I can, I can appreciate that because, like, now that it's something that you bring up, it's like, yeah, kind of. But at the same time, that never came into it for Mm. me while watching the movie. And I also think that. It's one of those like <sighs> the films very much kind of explains that ha- this new guy was coming in and like the, the the guy that left that turned Buck over. He wasn't running the place very well, and so I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it it kind of wasn't a thing that took me out of the movie at all,
0: unless I'm like making this up in my mind, which I could be. I thought they mentioned that it was a new settlement. Like, that it hadn't really been lived in. And that's kind of where... Like, I thought they they had brought up that it was, like, a newer That could be the case, and I just
2: missed it, maybe. It wasn't.
0: I could be wrong. I thought they talked about in the movie that it was, like, a newer settlement they were trying to set up, and that's why they needed money, and that's what the bank heist was part of. Yeah, that
1: actually could be. Um, You could be right there. And
0: so it wasn't super lived in. But either way, to me just personally, because I was like, style, yeah, like, perfect. It, it didn't really take me out of it, but again, that's more of a personal taste thing. Like, I wasn't looking at it as this place should be super lived in, um, but I'm also not a huge Western person. I don't watch a lot of them, um, and there are only very specific ones that I enjoy. So it could totally just be, like, a taste sort of thing where it didn't register to me i'm gonna look that up later though because i'm pretty sure that it was a new settlement but again could totally be making that up but it didn't bother me either way
1: yeah i I wasn't it wasn't something that really like yeah bothered me much at all
2: yeah i guess if it fit with the style i i guess again i think i just like my westerns Dirty and grimy and violent. Not and, and, and like this was violent, but it was very much done in a entertaining, kind of fun way. And I yeah. don't you know, listen, I like Django Unchained, but it's not my favorite Tarantino movie. I actually prefer Hateful Eight over Django Unchained, uh, personally. So that just kinda goes to show you. I kind of prefer that more little grounded, grimy, dirty western to this more stylized version. But if this that style's your jam, you're going to dig this movie. I think either way.
1: I, I, look, I, I think this is going to be. I, I think this movie is pretty is very entertaining, and I, I could. I, I think pretty much anyone who watches it's going to have a good time. Like they're going to enjoy it. it it's a it's an enjoyable, fun movie. I just to me, it's it's a. It's a good movie, and I, I, it's a very good movie that I saw. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. It just doesn't reach the great that I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought, it doesn't reach the great that I thought uh, the trailer sold.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, again, this is going on my track record of, oh, I'll go see it because someone else wants to, and then I'm like, everyone, go see it, please. It's awesome. Exactly my jam. So it's pretty high on my list of movies we've seen this year, but that's just because it was kind of a blend of things I wasn't expecting, and then I just ended up loving it quite a lot. But I think everyone listening, if you have not seen it already... We apologize for spoiling it. (laughs) You continued through the spoiler warning, so I'm not going to apologize at this point. But please go watch it. Um, If you have seen it, Thank you for checking it out on behalf of, of me because too many people apparently are watching Red Notice shift your shift that energy over to this film. please check this one out because it absolutely deserves it just for the cast alone for you to give it a shot because of the star power that's in this film. Um, and I do think is it is an interesting take on a western mm. that that people who like such as myself don't really, feel drawn to westerns might might just might just be their movie you know it might be something that that really gets them into the genre or gives them something that they feel like maybe they don't usually get out of the genre and they'll end up loving it so it's 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 definitely a movie everyone should go see and decide for themselves as as I say with all movies but this one specifically I think is so interesting
2: it's free
0: it's, on it's, Netflix yeah guys it's free on Netflix what are you doing uh, come hit, on
2: hit the button Skip over Red Notice and hit yeah. <laughs> this movie. I know
1: Netflix. I know Netflix are coming up saying, "Are you sure you don't want to watch Red Notice?" Because they need people to watch Red Notice. But hit no, and then you go no. Harder they fall.
0: Just exit out of the message that says, "Did you know this is the most watched Netflix movie ever?" And just skip right over it and go to this movie instead, please and thank you. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. For us this week,
2: Have you, did you guys watch Six Underground? No. Ryan Reynolds, no. Ryan Reynolds' other so-called no, I, <laughs> franchise starter. I,
1: um, so Six Underground, I was meant to get very drunk with a friend and we were going to watch it, but uh, that just never happened. I I do want to watch it uh, at some point because I I'm probably going to watch it before Ambulance. I, I I need to watch it before Ambulance because whole like. The trailer for Ambulance, guys, if you have not seen the trailer for Ambulance, is one of the craziest, most over-the-top, like, and, and it, it it actually kind of made me go, oh my god, I think I love Michael Bay again. Like, I, I just, it made me just completely appreciate, I, I look, this is what modern action movies and mod, and just the crap that we have gotten has done to me. I'm like, oh my God, someone's stylizing action. Like, someone using film techniques in an yeah. action movie. Oh my God, Michael Bay is an action director. He can do it. He knows how to
2: make action. And I, I just... At uh, least he has a is, style. Like you said, Yeah. you watch a Brett Ratner movie, and you'll have no idea who directed that film until it says, directed by Brett Ratner. I'm like, I had... Uh, I Anybody could have directed that, and I would have been like, okay, guess what? Yep. Michael Bay directs a movie... You know it's a, you know Michael, it's a Bay Michael Bay movie. movie.
1: I, I'm I, like I, I'm at the point where you can't crap on Michael Bay anymore. Like, like, okay, outside I, of his Transformers. I,
0: Transform- I, out- I <laughs> am not putting my endorsement on any of this, by the way. Just so everybody knows, I will crap all over Michael Bay okay. all I want.
1: Outside of Transformers, because I will crap on the Transformers yeah. movies because so, even them he doesn't care about. Paycheck. But when there's a movie he cares about, you can tell, and you and I am at a point with Michael Bay where I will not just go in and say he is the worst filmmaker working today because he is not because at least he is a filmmaker. At least he is attempting with to, with filmmaking techniques to actually tell a story with action. It might be a terrible story. It might be really bad. I don't care. I will take that over the crap that we have been getting over the last three years. We have we have lost something since Michael Bay stopped making do, uh, action movies.
2: Yeah, Six Underground is like a Michael Bay movie where he was not given any notes. It is full on Bay.
1: I I need to watch I, this. I, I, it's, I, it's better I, I than Red be Notice. This, I'll tonight. tell you that. I might be watching this tonight. I, I might I might actually watch <laughs> Once this.
0: Once again, listeners, I am not endorsing. <laughs> This, this is, this does not reflect the opinions of one one third of the panelists on this show.
1: Come back next week, and you will have my thoughts on six yes. underground.
0: I can't oh, wait. Oh, don't scare people away. What are you doing? <laughs> said my thoughts. Come on, come on now. All right, all right, all right. Well. Jacob, if people want to get a preview of your six underground thoughts, where can they find you on social media? Uh,
1: You guys can find me over at Jacob London on Twitter and Letterboxd, where I will give all my thoughts on all movies. And uh, yeah, mostly me just crying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great love that. Although everyone. the
1: last 2 weeks have been amazing. I do want to say that outside of red notice, the last 2 weeks of movies I've seen have been actually like oh, this is why I love cinema.
0: We love when that happens. That's always that's always a good time when we yeah. get to that point. JTE where can the good people find you on social media?
2: You can find me at JTE Movie Thinks and I'm excited for Ghostbusters which we might be doing a little bit later. Than most people, but we will get to it. That's a promise because we will be getting to Ghostbusters. It is that and Top Gun were like two of my most anticipated movies of last year. I just give me anything 80s that's a reboot/slash sequel, and I'm on board. I, I, it worked with Creed. I think it's going to work with Top Gun, and I think it's going to work with Ghostbusters. And yeah, so at JTE Movie Thinks on Twitter. And uh, I might even have to rewatch Six Underground. I haven't seen this since it <laughs> dropped. i could use a little bay in my life. That ambulance trailer looks fun and it's good to see. It's amazing. It's good. It is- Jake
1: Gyllenhaal. I want to see him. Un- oh my God. It is the single most over the top craziest trailer I have seen all year. And I was just like, I need it and injected into my veins, please. I, I need this. I need to see how bad this movie is. I need to
2: see Gyllenhaal <laughs> in a Bay movie. Cause I never thought I would ever say those words yeah. out loud.
0: <laughs> well, if, uh, if anyone listening to the podcast wants thoughts on anything, but Michael Bay, you can find me at finally tailored pretty much everywhere. Uh, And I will not be talking about Michael Bay. And the only way I will be talking about Jake Gyllenhaal is because I am talking about Taylor Swift and her re-recording of her album. (laughs) And those are the only thoughts you'll be getting from me at the moment, basically on Twitter. Uh, So just be warned about that if you're going to follow me. But uh, thank you guys so very much to everyone who has listened to the show this week. As, As we mentioned, Ghostbusters is going to be put on hold for us. For about a week. Um, uh, we, will have, we will have a movie we're going to be talking about next week. But uh, do we, do we want to keep people in suspense? Or do we want to let the audience know what we're going to be talking about? Should it be a surprise? What do we think?
1: Uh, I mean, JTE, uh, uh, I, was, I was more thinking we, we'd probably be talking about... We'd possibly be talking King Richard.
2: Yeah, I think Will Smith is getting some Oscar buzz... It's got a great cast. It's getting really good reviews. So, yeah, that more likely will be the film unless something crazy happens between now and when we record.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Well, guys, get excited about that. Get excited about six underground thoughts apparently coming your way as well next week. Thank you guys so very much to everyone who has tuned in to the show. And we are looking forward to seeing you all again next week.